Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Martinez, they call me Speed, the spitting statistician, and as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, I'm getting excited. We're only two days away from what I and many others consider the best weekend on the football calendar. Yeah, good morning. Uh, uh, hopefully your excitement about the offseason, I'd like to gauge that oh, after uh, your New York Jets hired Adam yep. Gase. Uh, I've been waiting so, all night to talk to you. Oh, have you really? Okay, sure. Yeah. I got a couple things to say. Let's let people know what we are talking about. There were three head coaches that were made official yesterday. You want to start with the one in New York, Scotty? We can do that. Yeah, well. All right, so Adam I, I, Gates. You want to hear my opinion first because it's, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have the emotion. So let me just report it first. Does. Let me just report it first, right? Yes, the Jets have, in fact, hired Adam Gaze to be their head coach. It sounds like the three finalists were McCarthy, Monken, and Gaze. And then, in fact, the Jets have hired the former Dolphins coach, Adam Gaze. They stay in the division. Gaze was there for the last three years in Miami. He's now going to be wearing the headset in New York. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, to me, this this was actually a little baffling. Uh, you know, they had another top college uh, candidate from college football that, uh, you know, the, the, the Baylor guy, his name Matt slips Rule. my mind right now. Yeah. Matt Rule? And yep. there was going to be Matt Rule, and they they weren't going to let him uh, pick his own Make coaching his staff. Right. So, so they went to Gaze, who's he's got a label for being an offensive mind, but... You know, he became hot after the Broncos had that 
historic offensive season in 2013. Yeah. You mean with Peyton Manning, the Hall with, of Famer, with Peyton as Manning as, as, as quarterback? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he came over to Miami because of that, and he was supposed to turn things around with Ryan Tannehill. It never happened. He clashed with players. He clashed with management, etc. So a very baffling hire to me. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't understand it. Uh, you know, they did make the playoffs for the first time in ten years in two thousand eight under Gates, but then you know things quickly fell apart. Tannehill really really never showed any major evolution while he was the quarterback. The offense was a mess. He made some questionable personnel calls. Uh, he fought with ownership about control of players, etc. It it just it doesn't. I, to me, he was the like the least attractive candidate out there. There are a few people that I've read on social media and otherwise that have kind of backed the hire, uh, but I, I really I really can't understand why. Uh, I'm not a Jet fan, but if I was, like you know, here's here's another, you know, here's another reason why being a Jet fan is just so so painful. It's you know McCarthy McCarthy we thought was the guy, but when they went with Gase, McCarthy said, "Okay, I'm out of coaching. You know, I'm going to spend a year with my family." He tweeted right. that at dinner, his family got up and cheered, <clears throat> etc. Yeah. Like Gase is labeled as an offensive mind, but I really didn't see it at all in Miami. Yeah. Um, so going into this, I think you know, Scotty, when you asked about guys like Vic Fangio or Chris Richard or others, I said I wanted that quote-unquote offensive mind. I wanted yes. someone who could be described as that offensive mind. And Adam Gaze is described by some as this offensive mind. He is getting some backing um, among others. Our guy, Mike Blewett. Scotty really is a fan of Adam Gaze, really likes Adam Gaze, really thinks Adam Gaze should have never been fired from Miami, says that he was doing some things there to kind of change the culture. You know how he butted heads with folks like Jay Ajayi, other guys are gone from there, uh, and Dominican Sue and others, right? So he was trying to change the culture. Um, I mostly agree with you, Scotty. Um, I wanted McCarthy, okay? I wanted McCarthy as this established guy, Um and then, if not, I wanted one of these hot shots. I was interested in the Todd, in the Todd Monken, to be quite honest. I think Eric Bieniemy, who was also like earlier on a candidate, would have been interesting. Some of these college guys would have been interesting. To me, Kingsbury, Adam Gaze, yeah, yeah, Kingsbury, even um, uh, like you said, Matt Rule. There was the guy Campbell from Ohio, um, from uh, Iowa State, that was interesting as well. Every people were thinking about. Um, the Oklahoma head coach, Baker's former guy, Lincoln Riley. But I largely agree with you. To me, the best word to describe this for me is uninspiring. You know, um, I do understand and have heard and believe that he's uh, Adam Gaze is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer, this quarterback guru. But to your exact point, the last you know proof point he has is Ryan Tannehill. And I have just been saying for the last year that the Miami Dolphins are in the worst situation of all time because they are in quarterback purgatory with Ryan Tannehill, that he is not the guy and they just don't realize that he is not the guy. Why? Largely because of Adam Gaze. Now listen, okay, uh, you mentioned that the Dolphins made the playoffs, 
right, undergaze. And that was the one thing I will say, Scott, is that was like the only season that Tannehill was actually healthy for all 16 games. You know what I mean? These other seasons that he had, their quarterback didn't finish the season for them or didn't play the whole season, you know, and they still won seven or eight games, something like that, right? And the one season he did play, I think they went 10 and six, and I think they were in the playoffs, right? They lost, I believe, Pittsburgh that year. Yeah, they got destroyed by Pittsburgh. They scored 12 points in that playoff Yeah, and I I agree with you. I don't think think this guy has proved it to me. I think it's largely on reputation. You talk about Gaze and what he did, but that was when Peyton Manning was the damn quarterback. We talked earlier this week, Scott, about uh, Matt LaFleur, right? And how he had this reputation, but I didn't see it in Tennessee with Mariota. It wasn't exciting, you know, it was just on the reputation of him being with McVeigh and Shanahan. I bring it back also, you know what this reminds me of a lot, and I don't have to even leave the kind of uh, city limits? This reminds me a lot of the Giants going after Bob McAdoo or Ben McAdoo, who was supposed to be this great offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff, and then he came out, right? He started fighting with players, wanted to kind of like make his stand, and it really didn't go well in New York. I am worried that we're going to see the same kind of thing. Gaze is going to come in thinking he's the anointed one to develop Sam Darnold, right? And I think he's going to start clashing with players. You know, talk about the one of the best assets the New York Jets have is their young, you know, Pro Bowl safety Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams likes to talk. Right? What's going to happen if Gaze is not down with that? What's going to happen if Gaze wants to try to clean some house as well and identify some of these guys? I, I don't. I, I. I don't think it's good. The one thing that's interesting to me about this that I, you know, and. This is me speculating a lot, Scott, and uh, I know you don't like me doing that sometimes, but I'm trying to get into the mind of Adam Gaze. Adam Gaze saw this team up close and personal twice for the last three years in a row. The Miami Dolphins, someone on Twitter let me know last night, swept the New York Jets this year. However, Adam Gaze himself must have seen something in the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, even when he looked at them across the sidelines for the last couple of years, must have been like, this is a team that has all the things they need. He actually must have liked the Jets, you know, almost better than his own team. You know what I mean? So I think that he believes strongly in the Jets. He thinks that he's got the tools to work with. He must really like Sam Darnold. You know what I mean? Because he even thinks, like, the Jets are almost a better option than the other team, even despite the fact that the gays beat him himself twice in the last year. But I agree with you, Scott. This doesn't make sense. I would have gone with a big name like McCarthy or taken a chance on one of these lesser-known, kind of up-and-coming, innovative minds. To me, Adam Gaze is just a retread. Yeah, you, remember we, we, we had the debate about divisions? Yep. Et cetera, you know, the other yep. day. It's a, yep. you know, maybe because I think he was like 8-1 and one against the Jets or something like right. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but wouldn't that make the, you not want to coach that team? You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I crushed this team. They suck. Maybe Instead, the Jets are like, well, he, he always beats us. Let, 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 him, let, him join, let him join us. That's so weird. That's like, you know, we, I've seen it before. Like uh, in Major League Baseball, you sign a guy just because he hits like 400 against your team or in your ballpark, that sort of thing. And that's we- it's just weird to me. And like I, I-, I see Gaze as one of these retreads, you know what I mean, like a- um, that 
it's like a quadruple A kind of coach. Uh, I would have wanted to. I would have wanted to take my shot on a Super Bowl winning coach like McCarthy to immediately establish cre- more credibility in that room and with that organization. Or if you were not going to go this way, then I would have, you know, then I would have done the Matt Rule. Then I would have done the Todd Monken. Then I would have done one of these younger offensive minds to try to be like ahead of the curve. This to me seems like you're trying to ride the fence and just take one of these retreads. I, I feel uninspired. The last thing I'll say about this, you know, we talked about how he was button heads with Ndamukong Sue and Jay Ajayi and all that stuff. There are a lot of reports about the end of the Miami Dolphins season this year that do not look good on Todd Gaze. It sounds like players were more than happy to quit on him. And that's not something I want to hear either. Well, actually, you know, uh, didn't they win the Super Bowl under? Well, no, he was gone by then. Uh, (laughs) But supposedly Peyton Manning made a call at Jets management yesterday to, like, uh, you know, endorse Gaze. That that doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Like, (laughs) That, that doesn't matter. That is one of the hundreds of players that Adam Gaze has coached. Yes, it's a big name, but like that, that and a Metro card gets me home, Scott. <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm serious. This is why it's I don't wait, wait all night to talk to you about this. It, just, <laughs> it, it, it stunned me. I was like, of all the coaches they could pick, I thought they were going to go with McCarthy. Literally, I'm talking with our guy. Uh, literally, I'm talking with our guy, Roto Frank, one of our fantasy BFFs, who, as you know, is also a Jets fan. I was talking with him, you know, yesterday or on Tuesday, you know, when we were uh, we were talking about this. Oh, and yeah. I, saw, saying, I saw what he said on Twitter. He said, they're going to they're gonna side levy on Bell. <laughs> I want no part of that either. But then, but then they're going to play Elijah McGuire instead. Right, right. And, you know, yeah. I want no part of that either with Levin Bell. I think he's going to need to be the cherry on top for a specific team. I think it could be a team like Indy or Houston, San Francisco, Green Bay, whatever the case may be. We could talk about that at another point in time. But, no, I feel uninspired, Scott. If it was McCarthy, if it, you know, I would have been like, yeah, we got a, we got a legit – Respected coach. If it was one of those guys like Monken or Rule, I would have been like, all right, let's see what the young guy can do. You know what I mean? This um, this does not motivate me. No, Scott. And, and I got a text from our boy Frank Stanfield, and he was like, I'm done. I'm out on the Jets. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? He's done that to the Knicks. He became a 76ers fan at some point. Oh, really? so, well, I ain't going to do that. You know, maybe I am some of that fan. Corey Parsonitis is like rubbing off on him where nah, you know, I am just a Jets not fan. loyal. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. My family's been Jets fans since they had season tickets in Shea Stadium to watch Joe Namath. I ain't going there anywhere, go. but I am uninspired, and I am not excited about it. However, Scott, there are two other head coaching jobs that were yes. claimed in the last 24 hours. I'll tell you one. Out in Denver, I don't know if I agree with this one either. Vic Fangio is the new head coach. He's the former defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Listen, he did great things with that defense when he had Khalil Mack, right? But at the same time, here's the thing. I've been telling you, Scott, I think you got to have an offensive mind at quarterback these days. And here's the other thing. The Broncos are just coming off of Vance Joseph. Another former defensive coordinator. It seems like they're kind of doing the same thing. They've already got a great defense. I thought they'd lean offense as well. I'm not surprised uh, John Elway has went this way, though, because with that same Super Bowl that Adam Gase took them to where they got pasted by Seattle, after that, uh, Elway sat back, and there was a great story. I think maybe it was in Sports Illustrated about it where he just wanted to you know, win with defense, and that's what he did 
two years later, and I still believe that, you know, Elway's thinking with all these offensive minds out there, I, I was reading that the Broncos might still go the other way. I believe Elway still believes that deep from what I've read, that defense still wins championships. And, you know, he he wants a guy who's going to make that defense dominant again. Yeah, you know, they have a lot. They do have a lot of pieces on offense, too, as well. Yeah, but they uh, don't they have didn't a quarterback. Hire, <laughs> they, don't have a, they don't have a coordinator yet. They didn't hire a coordinator yet, right? Uh, I, I That is my understanding, correct. Yeah, I don't think they've hired a coordinator yet. So it'll be interesting to see who they bring in as an offensive coordinator there. Uh, do they have a quarterback? Some people will say they will. Some people say they won't. Uh I I I I think they don't. I, I, I agree. Look, Case Keenum got the Vikings to the NFC Championship game last year, so maybe Elway is looking at that and saying, if we have a really strong defense, and look what we did with Peyton Manning, and look what Case Keenum did the previous year, you know, maybe that gets back us back to the Super Bowl. But this is becoming more of a passing league, you know, like like we've talked about, though. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think Every, everybody wants either. to ape and emulate offense right now, although. And, and, Listen, yeah. there are plenty of teams that made the playoffs that are doing it differently, right? Baltimore, Dallas, Seattle, um, you know, Chicago are doing it with maybe defense or running the ball. So there is the blueprint of how to do it other than that. But, you know, I want the, the sexy stuff as well. In Denver, if they're going to build that defense, they are going to be dealing with Patty Mahomes twice a year for the foreseeable future. So I understand. Scotty, though, I love what the Cleveland Browns did. I love it. I absolutely love it. They are building a kind of like us against the world attitude over there in Cleveland, led by their number one overall pick quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who wakes up feeling dangerous, doesn't care about staring down Hugh Jackson, that sort of thing. And now in the second half of the year, under Freddie Kitchens, you know, Baker Mayfield was... Ridiculous. He was really, really good. And they are instead of going to upset the apple cart, they're going to keep the era of good feelings going. And Freddie Kitchens is the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I love what they do are doing. It's almost like the Cleveland Browns are collectively betting on themselves. I like the kind of vibe that they're building. They have that chip on their shoulder. They went from winning four games over the last three years to winning seven last year with Baker, and as soon as Freddie Kitchens was calling the plays, that offense got unlocked. Yeah, it did. His second-half passer rating was like about 10 points higher than his first-half passer rating. It's very important to this franchise to develop the quarterback. He's already got a relationship with the quarterback. You know, doesn't have doesn't have much of a background in coaching yet, but uh, he says, you know, who the hell wants to be a head coach? He's got a sense of humor about it. The one thing is, how is he going to handle all these extra organizational responsibilities and all of a sudden he's leaped into. That's true. That's going to be the same for any first-time head coach. we got more to discuss with this and some other moves on the other side of the break. Roto Experts in the morning. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
My man Chris Pavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery, giving us a little outcast, Scotty. Really making the party jump here on a Thursday morning on the Roto Experts in the morning. We got the king and the spitting statistician. Scotty, I also got to let you know. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. You can check out the all new optimizer, custom settings, advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, top 20 betting market to market betting tools, a PGA finish probability with the simulator, head to head betting tools, a subscriber chat, so much more. Just go to DailyRoto.com, Scotty. Click on Go Premium. Choose golf and then enter the promo code golf19 for a 10% discount. That's dailyroto.com. Click on gold premium golf and enter the promo code golf19 for a 10% discount. Scotty, we were talking about Freddie Kitchens as the new, uh, officially the new head coach in Cleveland, right? And I want to ask, I want to bounce an idea off you. And sometimes I give you crazy narratives and you're like, that's not what people really think. That's just what the layman or the fan thinks. But I want to bounce this off you with the context that if 10 years ago, if I told you there'd be dramatic shifts in Major League Baseball, you would have said that I was crazy. If uh, three years ago, I would tell you that multiple teams would be starting a guy to pitch just one inning in a Major League Baseball game, you'd think I was crazy. You know, um, if I told you years ago uh, that teams would be going for it on fourth and five, like on their own 40-yard line all the time in the NFL, you'd think I was crazy. You know, um, if I told you that, you know, the Wildcat would have been in vogue, (laughs) you know, for a year and a half, you would have thought I was crazy. You mentioned, Scotty, this idea that Freddie Kitchens will have new kind of like head coach responsibilities, right? From going from just like the quarterback's coach to the play caller and OC to like the actual head coach. There's other things he's going to have to do. He's going to probably have a weekly spot on Cleveland radio. You know, he's going to do player personnel things in a way he hasn't done before. And I understand that, right? The Browns also yesterday, Scotty, They fired Greg Williams, right? He was their interim head coach. He was their defensive coordinator, right? And I, you know, I remember saying this two months ago, three months ago at this point. I was like, what would, what if Greg Williams goes like five and three as the head coach? You know, and Greg Williams technically in half a season won more games than the Browns won in three years, right? You talk about how Freddie Kitchens doesn't have that head coaching experience and is like the offensive side of the ball. Greg Williams and that Cleveland Browns defense was clearly doing okay. The Browns, you know, their <laughs> office. Was, oh, excuse you. It's all good, Scott. Sorry. Gesundheit. Gesundheit, brother, man. Sorry. I couldn't right. hit the cough button quick enough. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> they need to make a sneeze button and have it closer to you. That's all. It's all yeah. good. Um, I will tell you, though, what if Pat Mahomes, Mahomes' passes and a sneeze have in common? Oh, boy. I don't know. Goes in tight. (laughs) I like that one, Scotty. Thank you for making me chuckle on a Thursday morning. So here's my premise. Greg Williams was running that defense real well, and I understand that because he was the interim coach, and then you're going to hire Freddie Kitchens. He, You know, you don't want to have now Williams, like, reporting to Freddie Kitchens and kind of flip-flop the power uh, dynamic there. What about about naming them co-head coaches? Uh... And having one man usually, defense and one man Usually you have a head coach and sometimes you have an assistant head coach. Yeah. Like, like why did they fire Greg control. Williams? Why'd they have to fire Greg Williams? Couldn't they have just like maybe put him on a similar footing and be like, these are our, our head coaches. These are our co-guys. Like why, why, why was Greg Williams let go 
only if not it, like the only reason was because it would be weird to have him report to Freddie Kitchens after him being the interim and Freddie Kitchens being like beneath him as the OC, right? Why? But they they bet on themselves. Something is going well in Cleveland, Scotty. I think everybody acknowledges that, right? The arrow is pointing up. Why not let good enough be alone and like let them both stay? You know what? Uh, to be honest with you, I read up on the situation, but I didn't read as to why they didn't keep Greg Williams. That that was the uh, one point that I read, Scotty. That was the point that I read because they said they couldn't – once having him as interim, they weren't going to, like, bust him back down to reporting to Freddie Kitchens. Literally, right, it was the order What I'm chart. saying is I That's read that too, but I, did, oh. I, did, I didn't read any more than that. It's like okay. I can't guess as to what's going on internally why they did that. No, I hear you, but, like, Greg Williams didn't do anything to deserve to get fired. You know what I mean? Like, he he stepped into what was a, a, a dumpster fire in the middle of the season, and the Browns finished, what, like 5-2? and two? Yeah, but uh, the most important thing to them is the evolution of their quarterback. And right. And, obviously, and you they Kitchens, credit Freddie Kitchens more than that than anything. No, and, and I'm not I'm not disparaging Freddie Kitchens at all. I agree. Baker was d- real dangerous in the second half, right? But you made a great point. He's a first-year head coach. Greg Williams has this experience before, you know. And so I, I, I listen. I know it's unconventional, right? But Cleveland does unconventional things. Like I, I, I think it would be. I, I know it sounds a little weird, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it Kitchens with his explored. lack of experience is definitely unconventional. Yeah. Right. You know, so I don't know. Good things were happening in Cleveland. And I just hope that, you know, the defense doesn't regress, let's say, you know, because then you're in a different kind of cycle. But I digress. Scotty, you are correct now. And listen, Miami and Cincy are the only ones that are left, right? And uh, interestingly enough, um, those are the two jobs that we said were kind of the least desirable when we were kind of like ranking those coach opportunities. And now Miami, the Dolphins, Gaze's former team, and Cincy is the only kind of openings left. Scotty, I do want to – I know we're not – you know, we're talking like head coaches and stuff and not necessarily yeah. coordinators. But I do want to make one other point. And, you know, call me the vocal minority on this one. It is one of my AKAs. There was reports back and forth yesterday about like where Todd Bowles was going to go. You know, and like yeah. how everyone thought it was Tampa, right? And then it was like, oh, not so fast. He's considering to replace Vic Fangio in Chicago. And then it comes out like, no, no, no. He's going to join his, his like longtime friend and mentor, you know, and former boss again, um, Arians down there in Tampa Bay. You know, Bruce Arians, Scotty, um, has always been known as kind of like a players kind of coach. Players love him. I don't know if you've seen him in things like in documentaries and all that stuff. Like he's kind of like a – He's a guy that, like, talks that talk with players, you know, and, like, relates to them really good. I want to make this one point, Scotty. Todd Bowles is his defensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich is his offensive coordinator. It came out that they're gonna, he's going to allow Byron Leftwich to call plays for the Tampa Bay Bucks. There are some reports that are saying that it kind of looks like Arians may be grooming Leftwich to like be his kind of heir apparent, and maybe he will be like that guy. I just want to tip my cap when we're talking about um, African-American coaches – in the NFL and how they are like quick to get fired with Steve Wilkes and some others, Vance Joseph, how they are not involved as much. I want to tip my cap to Bruce Arians for having not one, but two 
African-American coordinators on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball, Bowles and Leftwich, providing opportunities, and there could be a pipeline of succession for Leftwich to get an opportunity. I just wanted to tip my cap to Bruce Arians. Yeah, I think initially Leftwich is going to come in like Arians is going to be the main guy. The guy just came off a coaching internship, really. So it might be a longer term for Byron Leftwich. As for Bowles, he's had a relationship. You know, they've coached together in Arizona, and Bowles is one of those those guys who's probably better as a coordinator than yeah. a head coach. And you know, you take you take a look at look at what he did in Arizona. You know, they were. They were very creative defensively, and that's why he ended up getting the job with the Jets. So, Oh, yeah. He was the one who really point. started that double-A gap blitz. You know, he was the yeah. one who was using guys like Dion Buchanan as a chess piece, like the big safety, you know, as almost like a linebacker. He was the one who developed the, the honey badger, Matthew, into, be, you know, into being a beast as well. Him as a DC is legit. Yeah, certainly. And I'll tell you that uh... – you, you you know these guys took the uh, they took the Cardinals to the NFC Championship game, and uh, yep. you know, it's a nice balance of offense and defense defensive minds that I uh, that that he yep. brought together. Uh, yeah, and- you know when you look at Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, uh, you know he's inexperienced at the NFL level. He's gonna he, he's leading a lot of the on the general manager there. Right, he's brought in strictly to be that offensive mind. They're gonna have a defensive right. coordinator that's really gonna you know have a lot of autonomy there. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, as the next couple of weeks go on, the Miami job will get filled. The Cincy job will get filled. We'll start talking a little bit about coordinators. Like I mentioned yesterday, I thought it was interesting that the Falcons turned around and hired Dirk Cutter, who's very familiar with the NFC South after his time in Tampa as the head coach. But I do want to move on, Scotty, to some of the teams but, but that what, are what still I just, I just want to – I'm oh, sorry. I know you want to move on, but – It's all good. You know, when, when you talk about the African-American head coaches, you know, it's sure. – uh, yeah, to me, to me, to me, uh, you know, they're getting treated just like anybody else right now, and uh, you know, I think that's that that's the big step. You know, it's uh, because Marvin Lewis stayed in that job longer than he, than he than he well should have. So you know, that's you know that that's a tribute to them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the, the Bengals, the Bengals, to... the Bengals certainly had a lot of patience with him. Yeah, I just wanted to celebrate Bruce Arians as that dude, you know. With and, and look, look at it, look at the job Leftwich. Anthony Lynn has done so far. No, absolutely, know, absolutely. Um, but even the idea of uh, Arians letting, you know, it came out yesterday that he is going to let Leftwich call the plays. Like that's a step in his development, in Leftwich's development, to potentially be marketable eventually, and he may be an NFL hood coach someday as well. But let's move on, Scotty. I hope, you know, I hope he people, calls the plays better than he executed them. Yeah, well, you know, he wasn't the best NFL quarterback, but he was great at Marshall. He had the longest wind-up in release that I ever saw. It's true. And I will say this. The Arizona offense, I think, did get a little bit better in the second half of the season under Leftwich as opposed to McCoy. But let's move on, Scotty. Um, uh, people who are playing, I mean, teams that are playing and people who – maybe are not practicing just yet. I know it's Wednesday and we'll like talk about the trends as they go on when we get more practice reports after just the first one on Wednesday. Hunter Henry and Eric Ebron, two of the tight ends that we were looking at, are in fact practicing. However, T.Y. Hilton is not for the Indianapolis Colts. Scotty, I know it's early in the week, but I I looked at those three guys. I thought it was interesting that Henry practicing in full, Ebron is back. Then I thought it was very interesting that T.Y. is still not practicing. Remember, he didn't practice at all last week, still gave it a go. What if any injuries that you saw, practice reports, um, you know, kind of raided on your radar yesterday? 
I'm not really seeing anything that's right major on my radar. Todd Gurley's practicing. Melvin Gordon right. is is expected to play. Uh, Cole Beasley, we still don't we still don't know about yeah, with that angle. You know that 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 that's another one. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry, I really don't expect him to contribute a lot, even if he plays. So to me, uh, they you know that's that's not a major injury. Uh, Tyree Kill. We haven't mentioned him. He played. He played down the stretch with a heel injury, so I think right. him getting a week off of rest. I, I think that's good for him. Spencer Ware should be back this week. Maybe it clouds things a little bit, but I really think David Damian Williams has seized the job because he he's really been much more dynamic. Uh, yeah. yeah. T. Did T. They sign him to an practice. extension too? Yeah, T. Y. Hilton didn't practice, uh, but he never practices anymore. Eric Ebron was right. held out on a on a maintenance day, so. You know that's not really what I'm what I'm worried about. Keenan Allen's banged up, but but he he's he's going to play too. So you know how concerned can you can you really about be about that? You know there's a minor right. knee injury for Dallas Dak Prescott. Uh, the Cowboys say that uh, they're not worried about it at all. Ted Ginn's good to go for uh, the New Orleans Saints. So, I told so you by you the way I love him about in that DFS. either. I love and him I, in DFS you know, this week. I said that same thing myself. Yeah, yeah. So is that to say, because, you know, you're reeling off a bunch of names, uh, guy with like minor bumps and bruises or like they're a little banged up, but they're going to go. I mean, think about this. This is, for all intents and purposes, this is week 18 of the NFL season, right? And these guys maybe played, you know, in what was a grand total of maybe one and a half or two preseason games as well. You know, this is like, for some of these guys, the 20th football game of the season, Scott. And every game is like a man going through four car crashes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I defy you to find a player in the NFL right now that, you know, is 100%. Maybe Hunter Henry is the only one. You know what I mean? And Le'Veon Bell. Hunter Henry and Le'Veon Bell are the only ones, you know? (laughs) This this is why a first-round buy is so important. Exactly. People don't talk enough about the injury part of it. Exactly. And here's the thing, Scotty. I, 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 I brought it up because, you know, you were reeling off a lot of guys that and were like, oh, they're banged up, but they're going to go. You know, you could probably say that about 53 players on that roster. You know what I mean? Like everybody is banged up, you know, and at the same time, everybody is going to go this week because gosh darn it, it is divisional weekend. There's only eight teams left in the tournament. People dream about the opportunities that are right before them. Even longtime veterans like Philip Rivers dream of the opportunity that they have before them. So, you know, practice reports are one thing. These guys are going to go unless they can. Scotty, I do want to ask you about something else that crossed the wire yesterday. One of the guys who you were in love with after Thanksgiving. You know who I'm talking about? You loved this guy for the last, like, five weeks of the season. And um, he's going to miss some time in 2019. You know who I'm talking about, Scotty? Your boy, Chris Herndon. That's right. Jets tight end Chris Herndon pleaded guilty to a DWI or a DUI, and it looks like he will be facing some form of suspension in 2019. Now, Scott, you were on this guy. You called him a kind of up-and-coming tight end. I know we don't know where you would have him ranked, let's say, for tight end next year, but I got to think you would be telling people that he was kind of a viable stream or maybe right at the back end of tight end one territory but not if he misses two or four games or something like that, right, Scott? Yeah, but it's hard to predict, you know, 
If and yes, how the NFL how games discipline he's, is he's very suspended for, so <laughs> that's very unpredictable. Very if somebody asked me, so how many games do you think Hurd is going to get? Uh, I don't know. I, I but really isn't don't. he the kind well, of guy? Oh, no, it could that, be zero. It could be, I guess. But for all the for all the, um, I don't know for 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 you know a guy who's going to be. I'm guessing here for you, if he wasn't suspended at all, ranked maybe like tight end, oh, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, something like that, just the chance that he might miss games has to bump him right out of, like, starter territory, right? Yeah, but I don't know if he's going to miss one or four games. So yeah, it, it's it's really hard for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to rank him initially. Like, he's not getting a suspension, but okay. – you know, maybe bump him down a spot because of that, but right. I can't really alter it in a major way. Uh, it, it's it's very hard to it's very hard to read. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, one thing that we thought that I had read was that uh, Heisman Trophy winner and Oklahoma Sooner quarterback Kyler Murray, who was like the first round draft pick of the Oakland A's and already had a signing bonus. What I had heard was that, you know, he was going to play one season in Oklahoma, and then he was going to become a baseball player for the Oakland A's and report to spring training. Reports came out yesterday. He's declaring for the NFL draft. Uh, you think Todd Boris, uh, Scott Boris is okay with all this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, he just had a signing bonus. He was supposed to report to spring training. Now he's going to get drafted. And if he is in the fir- if he is in the draft, Scotty, team, there's a team is going to draft him in the first round. He was a dual-threat Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback. We got a decision on our hands over there for Kyle Murray. We'll talk about that a little bit more. And Davis Maddock over there on Roto Experts, the new 365 NFL site. He's got some new Super Bowl uh, thoughts with the odds. We'll talk about that as well. Roto Experts in the morning. Come on right back. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. From this little mob deep from our guy, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him, dilly dilly to everybody listening here on Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, I gotta tell you, if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to Bet DSI. They got wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize daily fantasy skills without the cap strengths. You can even wager on esports. 
politics, reality TV. I told you I nailed the Survivor winner cold with 10 episodes left to go. Or get an edge at live betting with BetDSI. You can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. Head on over, open your account at BetDSI, use the promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% deposit deposit bonus match. Scotty, um, yeah, right? Um, I'm really glad, Scotty, I was going to make some live betting action on Monday, and I'm really glad I didn't, Scott. At, like, at the beginning of the third quarter of the national championship game, when Clemson was up, you know, I was like, oh, Alabama's definitely going to make a run and make this close. I'm going to bet on Alabama right now, you know, because they're going to make a run. I'm glad I didn't as uh, Clemson boat raced the Crimson Tide for the national championship. But onward we go, Scotty. Here's what I want to ask you. What do you think is going to happen here with this kid, Kyle Murray? Um, you know, I, uh, Kyler Murray, I think it's interesting. Like everyone knew that, okay, he was just going to try his hand, play one season of college football, let the kid have his fun. But then he was going to report to the A's for spring training. I think he already has like, I forget exactly the amount, but like a $7 million bonus to do just that, to forego football and, you know, report to spring training. But, you know, then the kid wins the Heisman. There's a lot of buzz. This quarterback draft class is Dwayne Haskins and then a drop to other people like Drew Locke, the kid from Duke, and others, Will Greer. Maybe Kyler Murray sees an opportunity to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL uh, what do you, how do you think this is going to play out? Like, this is intriguing to me because everyone said that the story was finished, that he was just going to play Major League Baseball. If, how's it going to play out? It looks like he's going to declare for the draft, all the reports are saying. So, you know, now the question becomes, is it going to be a first-round pick? Locally, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've seen reports that, uh, you know, that maybe the Giants would be considering him early in the first round. Yeah, number six, you know, if, if Dwayne Haskins is there or not, Murray now becomes another option for these guys and another option for teams that want to trade up, you know, to the two, the three, the four spot. The first five teams in this draft, I do not think are going to grab a quarterback, right? Arizona has Rosen. Uh, the Niners have Jimmy G. The Jets have Darnold. You know, uh, the Raiders have Carr, things of that nature. I don't think many of these teams are going to be using that pick on a quarterback, so that makes them prime ground for teams to maybe try to leapfrog the Giants, leapfrog the Jaguars at seven and go and get their guy. And now there's multiple options. I think that's going to be very interesting, something to watch as we move along, as spring training begins for the Oakland A's and as draft prep begins in the NFL. Scotty, I have one. Well, pro football talk, pro football talk said one NFL GM said that Murray's going to be a first rounder. Uh, Schefter said uh, one NFL executive told him that he believes Murray's magic. So uh, yeah, he's a smaller quarterback. He's he's five ten, but uh, guess what? You know, so is Baker. Hey, you know, so is Baker. So, so is Russell offense. Wilson, right? That's so is right. Russell Wilson. So is Drew Brees, for example. You Drew know, Brees I mean, is six not... foot. Not that. Not that. Yeah. Not that much bigger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it'll be interesting. We definitely need to watch this space. Maybe there's another first round quarterback open. Uh, Available for well, he, he's got uh, he's got to make a de- he's got a de- decision he's, he's got a he's got to make a decision by February, but he's got to forfeit the signing bonus if uh, if he goes to if play drafts, goes right? to play football. Yeah, I wonder though, like does he? I mean, we've seen it before: Deion Sanders, Brian Jordan, uh, Bo. Do you think this kid is gonna could could he play both, or would the teams would the team like would the A's not allow it, and would any football team not allow it for the injury risk? I think that's fantasizing, really. 
I mean, people did it 20 years ago. Deion Sanders did it. It's Bo not, it's not did 20 it. years Jordan ago. Well, it. It's not 20 years ago, though. No, I hear you. These guys are much more uh, uh, more uh, coveted assets to their their teams, you know, what they make and all that stuff, the value they have. So I agree with you. I just think it's something that we definitely have to watch. Scotty, unfortunately, I do want to pass along one other sad note um, affecting one of the players that will be playing this weekend. Um, here at Roto Experts in the Morning, uh, I want to send our condolences to Chargers lineman Brandon Meebane. I don't know if you saw this, Scotty. Um, yes, his I did. Newborn, his newborn da- daughter uh, passed away earlier this week, died. She had a rare disease and passed away. Brandon Meebane has been dealing with this and uh, with his daughter for a number of months. Uh, we send our condolences out to Brandon Meebane, the entire Meebane family, the Chargers organization. This is gut-wrenching stuff, Scotty. And, but Brandon Meebane is going to still play on Sunday against the Patriots. Yeah, but he played through the last game while while dealing with this. Uh, you know, I don't I don't even know what to say about it except yeah. you know just so incredibly sorry to hear about this. You know, yeah, uh, Brandon Meebane for for a long time has been a terrific defensive tackle. He was mm-hmm. uh, one of the members of the Super Bowl champion Seahawks in 2013, and I know he was a very well liked guy by his teammates. So uh, you know, they they've said the same thing about him wherever he's gone. Great Absolutely. player, well-respected, like guy. Good uh, teammate. Very sad to see something like this happen to somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to pass along that note and, uh, you know, tip our cap and send along our, our, our thoughts uh, to the Mean Bay family. Uh, one other thing I saw before we dive into Davis Maddock um, and his uh, new kind of column about the Super Bowl odds. And also, uh, Scott, I don't know if you know, me and Mike Blewett are going to have Davis Maddock on with us on Fantasy Sports Today a little bit later on in the next hour, so we're excited about that. Did you see with Sean Payton? You know, coaches do different things from motivational tactics, Yeah, Scotty. Yeah, no, did you see Sean Payton in the locker room with the yes. Saints? Did you see that? Yes. He took their former – he took their Super Bowl trophy that they won, you know, at this point, I don't know what, like seven years ago, something like that, and he put it – he stacked it on top of $225,000 in cash, all right? He put it in the locker room and said and, – and by the way, the two twenty five would be the player share, you know, the playoff bonus or the Super yeah. Bowl bonus and share if they went out and did, in fact, win the Super Bowl. Listen, they all they've got are three games, and all three of those games that they would have to play would be in a dome for Drew Brees in a stadium that they know very, very well, whether it's in New Orleans or whether it's in Atlanta. And he, quite frankly, walked in with the Lombardi Trophy, 225K in cash, and said, and I quote, y'all want this? Win three effing games. Uh, There's really nothing else to say. That's the time of year it is. And the Saints, listen, they have potentially two games in their building where their fans are going to stand up and get crunk. And then if they make it there, they got one last game in a dome, Scotty, that they yep. are very familiar with. Uh, I think it's smart that when we look at the new Super Bowl odds, the Saints are the odds-on favorite at plus 250. Yeah, they beat the crap out of uh, Philadelphia during the, the regular season. 41-7. I definitely expect this game to be close, and I, I know how you like to kind of like speculate and throw things out there. So I'm gonna. I'm that's gonna what I do, Dave brother Martinez man. I'm the statistician, the stable genius. Of that, that's why I'm gonna what do that. If if the Eagles make another playoff run, uh, you know, they they've said publicly that they like having two quarterbacks of that caliber. But with everything out there, the, the lack of quarterbacks out there. Oh yeah. Quality quarterbacks in the in the the event in the National Football League, and what Foles has accomplished and what he can accomplish possibly again, 
What if they stuck with Foles and shopped Carson Wentz? Uh, you know, I mean, I think that the Philly fan base is split on this. I think it's very interesting because there is some there is something going on with Foles and Philly. Uh, it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of magic stuff. You know, it is very interesting. I have a different hot take around Nick Foles for you. You ready for this? Yeah. Many people, many people, you know, there's an open debate and question on if Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, right? Many people believe that the biggest thing in his, you know, on the positive side, right, for him, Eli Manning, that is, his case for the Hall of Fame, are his two Super Bowl runs, right? Like, right, he, right. Where he, you know, was great in two Super Bowl runs. But other than that, he was pretty much a compiler. That's what a lot of people would say about Eli Manning's Hall of Fame candidacy. Scotty? I'm, if, a, I'm on that side. Okay, fine. If. And I know this is a big if right now. I don't expect this to happen, but we're having fun here real quick on a Thursday. If the Philadelphia Eagles make another run under Nick Foles, and then Nick Foles has two Super Bowl runs and with at least one MVP, Super Bowl MVP where he played lights out and was the reason the Eagles went all the way, could you make a Hall of Fame case for Nick Foles? What would, I can't make what it would for be, him or Eli, or Eli Manning. But like I'm saying, like his resume would be just the same as Eli Manning now, wouldn't it? If he had two Super Bowls that were largely due to his incredibly good play no, and it would Super be, Bowl MVPs. It would be the same. It Why would not? be the same. Because at no time in his career was Eli Manning a backup quarterback, you know, where he was basically like shuttled shuttled into a backup quarterback job. Yeah, but the case for Eli is a Super Bowl runs. And now Foles would have that same case. To me, and this is what I tell I tell the Eli Manning fans: to be in the Hall of Fame, you have to be the best of, among the best of the best consistently throughout your career. And no, neither quarterback that. fits that criteria for me. No, I agree with you. But so I guess because you're not on the side of Eli as a Hall of Famer, this back and forth doesn't really work. But if I had a Giants fan that thought Eli was definitely this Hall of Famer, I would want to compare and contrast that with Nick Foles' runs. That's all I'm saying, but we should move on. Scotty, we only got a few minutes. These Super Bowl odds that are out there. I mentioned the Saints are the favorites right now, plus 250. This coming from Davis Maddock over on rotoexperts.com, the mark of fantasy excellence. And I hear, Scotty, that you guys are doing 365 football these days. It goes Saints, Chiefs, Rams, you know, 250, and then Chiefs and Rams at plus 400. Here's what I think is interesting, though, Scotty. The Eagles are plus 1,400. The Cowboys are a longer shot at plus 1,800. I think that's weird. And as Maddox notes, like, maybe there's value then in the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to win at all. But there may be more value than on the Eagles. Like, the Eagles, most people think their run ends this week. How are they shorter odds than Dallas? What do you think there? What do I think? I'm, I'm confused by yeah. it, to be quite honest. That's why I think, you know, I think – Vegas clearly thinks that Dallas has a better shot of winning than Philly does based the on the point spread, based on the money line, that sort of thing. So I think it's weird that with the, the futures bets that it would be flip-flopped. I think neither one of them you know, are, are worth your money. I would instead – to be quite honest, I would take these two underdog AFC teams as better, you know, more intriguing odds to me. The Chargers at plus 900, the Colts at plus 1,200. You and me, it sounds like, Scotty, we both think that the NFC games will go chalk with the home teams winning. I think we'll make our official picks tomorrow. But, you know, judging off the kind of analysis we've had all week, it sounds like we both think the NFC home teams will win. And it sounds like we both think that the AFC 
road teams at least are more alive or have a bet being said, I would lean towards the Colts at plus 1,200 if I wanted to make a long shot bet that wasn't one of the chalk teams. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah. So you do think the NFC teams are going to be, you know, uh, you do think the the home teams and you're ultimately think we're staring at a Rams Saints NFC championship game. Uh, that's, that's the way I'm leading. And, right. uh, I think it's pa- Patriots Colts otherwise, uh, you right. know, we'll talk more about that, but, uh, look the, you know, the Super Bowl odds, the Cowboys have the longest odds, I think, because yep. I, I think they have more of a puncher's chance than the Eagles do. But when you're talking about right. Nick Foles, uh, versus Dak Prescott and people looking that's at the all important okay. quarterback position, maybe that's why the Eagles have better odds right now. Yep, that is pretty interesting. Um, other thing I want to mention, like you said, our boy Davis Maddox. Remember when they to, got when they got pasted? The, you know, it was with Carson Wentz at quarterback. This is true. You're really pushing this, huh? You really think you really think Wentz could have a new address in about uh, four months? No, I, that's not that, not relative to what I said. It's what I'm saying is, you know, they they got blown out the first time by Wentz. You know, by a lot of statistics, uh, since week 15, Nick Foles gotcha. has been the best quarterback in so the you're NFL. Philly offense is better this time around, thus maybe a better game? Yes. Gotcha. And it's, it's you very what, hard to do that to a team twice. You're right. You're right. That's absolutely true. And to be quite honest, remember, I talked about that second time around narrative. I was on that a lot last week as it related to the Chargers and the Ravens and them being able to see Lamar Jackson a second time. So don't get me wrong. I agree with you. I'm just intrigued by this idea of the the quarterback controversy potentially in Philly. And we're going to hear about it. We're going to hear about this as soon as March hits and the new league year and the time, you know, when trades are happening. It's going to be very interesting because Foles will be available. The question is... You know, how much does Philly it's a credit, value It's a credit Nick to Foles. Doug Peterson. It really is. You know, that, uh, that each time that Nick Foles has been out in there, he's changed the offense to suit Nick Foles more. And it's really, it's really worked wonders. If the Eagles win this week, boy, is that quarterback controversy going to ratchet up. Oh. Nick Foles is earning millions of dollars with every half that he plays good football. You know what I mean? Like, because maybe even if it's not the Eagles, right, maybe all of a sudden a team like Miami turns around and is like, you know what? We'll take a shot on Foles. Maybe a team like the New York Giants turn around and say, you know what? We'll take a shot on Foles as we draft the quarterback, you know, and groom him for one or two years, something like that. So I think Foles is definitely making himself money um, every single game. And he's putting himself, you know – would you rather Everybody be, talks about Flacco with Jacksonville. That's what I was just going to say. If you were a team like a, like a Miami, like a Jacksonville, you know, any other team you can name, I, I think Washington is going to be in the market as well. You know, they got broken yeah. legs in their quarterback room, right? You know, so let's say, and, and to be quite honest, I, I don't think, I don't necessarily, I don't know if Alex Smith is ever going to play in the NFL again. He might give it a try, but he's had infections in his leg and all of a sudden he's going to be 35. You know, I, that's not. That's not, you know, confirmed, you know, kind of thing. So if you're a Washington, if you're a Jacksonville, if you're a Miami, any of these teams that might be on the quarterback merry-go-round, has Foles now become the number one addition uh, over a guy like maybe Flacco, over a guy like, oh, I don't know, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, these kind of guys. Is Flacco the number one option now? I mean, is Foles the number one Easily. option now over Flacco? You'd rather have Foles easily, than Flacco? Easily over anybody. Uh, easily over Tell anybody. You know, look what he's done starting the last two seasons. He's won a Super Bowl. He's he's had another great late season run. I don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be available. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just putting out the other names that could be there. Tyrod or Tyrod might be out there as well. Foles is so far ahead of them in terms of accomplishment already. I hear you. And, and remember, listen, he's had these Super Bowl runs. That also doesn't count as season, Scott, where Foles' touchdown to interception ratio, I believe, was 27 to 2. You know? Yep. So, I mean, yeah, and that was under Chip Kelly, so that could be a different kind of outlier, right? But, yeah, Foles is making himself money. Do you really think the Eagles would carry both of them, Scotty? It's possible. It's possible when you look at the quarterback situation in the NFL and how bad some of the backups are. But he's a free agent, so he's he's probably as good as God. But you know, let, let's re, let's remember, you know, after that big season in Philly, he fell off in 2014, and all of a sudden he was a backup with the Rams and the Chiefs. Well, that was Jeff That's Fisher, he, though. Jeff Fisher yeah, killed uh, quarterbacks. But, yeah, but you know, it's uh, he was a backup in Kansas City. That's why he could never be in the Hall of Fame if he wins again. I hear you on that. Hey, Scotty, tomorrow we'll make our official picks for Division Round Weekend. We'll also talk some DFS nuggets, okay? I've been saying about 10 gig all the time. I got some other ones for us. We'll talk tomorrow. Have a great fantasy day, Scott. FST up. Thank you. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network.